Hello, everyone, and welcome to Six Pack of Facts, a weekly way of expanding your brain. Six refreshing facts at a time. My name is Alex, and this week we are heading out into outer space and wrangling some dusty and icy travelers. We're looking at comets and then heading far, far, far out into the Oort Cloud. While asteroids are rocky masses, comets are primarily made of frozen ammonia, methane, or water and have only tiny bits of rock. These dirty snowballs have elliptical orbits around the sun, some small, some large, more on that later, and pass relatively close to it. When they do, their most impressive features burst into life. But let's start with the basic anatomy of a comet first. The nucleus of a comet is its central core. Made of mostly ice and some rocky material, comet nuclei typically range from 10 to 100 kilometers in diameter, although the largest comet known was only just discovered in 2021 and is between 100 and 200 kilometers, so who knows. Next, we have the coma. It's the cloud of gases that forms around the nucleus as the comet heats up. These gases are usually a mix of water vapor, ammonia, and carbon dioxide. Now, we get to the parts that really set comets apart. The dust and the ion tail. The dust tail is made up of gases and dust particles that get blown away from the nucleus as it's heated. This is the most visible part of the comet. The ion tail is the tail of ionized gases that's blown directly away from the sun as the comet gets bombarded with solar wind. How impressive can a comet's tail be? Very. The tail of comet Kiakutake measured 507 million kilometers or 350 million miles long. The tail was measured after the ESA and NASA spacecraft Ulysses had a chance run-in with the comet's tail. Now that we know what comets are, let's talk about one of, if not the most famous one around, Halley's Comet. And that is how it's pronounced. I know it's weird, but that is how it's pronounced and I'm going with it. Named after English astronomer Edmund Halley, the comet had been observed and reported in 1531, 1607, and 1682, but had been mistaken for three separate comets. Old Ed dug into the findings and posited that three comets were actually one, returning again and again, and even predicted it would swing by Earth once again in 1758. Unfortunately, Halley didn't live long enough to see his prediction be proven true, but his namesake lives on every 75 years or so when the dusty ball of ice passes close enough to Earth to be observed. Halley might have focused his research on appearances in the 1500s and beyond, but records that reference what is likely Halley's Comet date back much older than that. One of the earliest appearances by the comet is said to have occurred in 466 BCE, a time when ancient Greeks would have gazed upward to see the brilliant tail of Halley's Comet streak through the sky. The comet's journey in 1910 was the first time it was captured on camera, and its return in 1986 was the first of the space age and was studied by several spacecraft. 
Halley's Comet will return in 2061 and will be on the same side of the sun as the Earth this time, leading to a brighter appearance. You better start planning right now. Comets aren't just amazing light shows that streak through the sky once every hundreds of years. Some scientists think comets could have played a crucial role in the formation of life itself. In the very early days of the solar system, Earth was regularly bombarded by hundreds of thousands of asteroids and comets. Those bodies left behind huge amounts of water, so much that they could have been the source of all water in the oceans. But they also could have delivered chemicals that served as the building blocks of early life. Experiments do show that complex organic material can survive the extreme conditions a comet impact would have created, so it's possible. But scientists aren't sure if comets did indeed play a major role in seeding an ancient Earth. Now that we know a bit more about our comet friends, it's time we learn about their home, the Oort Cloud. Every comet that slingshots around the sun while giving us a dazzling tail in the process before zipping back out into space for decades at a time has to come from somewhere. That much is obvious, of course, but where exactly is that origin? To find the answer, we need to turn back the clock once again to the primordial days of the solar system. After the main planets formed, there was tons of leftover material floating around the solar system. Some of this material coalesced into planetesimals before getting flung far out into space by the gravitational influence of Jupiter. Some of these planetesimals were launched out of the solar system entirely, but others were pushed far enough out to escape major influence from planets and other bodies, but not too far out for the sun to lose its grip. These bodies gathered in numbers reaching trillions and without the strong influence of the sun, developed orbits that travel over, under, and any degree of inclination around the sun. This is no belt. It is the Oort cloud. To really understand the scale of the Oort cloud, let's ditch kilometers and go with light itself. After light leaves the sun, it takes about 8 minutes to reach Earth. After that, it's another four and a half hours for light to reach Neptune's orbit, and nearly three more hours to reach the edge of the Kuiper Belt. After traveling another 12 hours, keep in mind, this is light, it reaches the heliopause, the area in which the solar wind from the sun hits the interstellar medium. We're now in no man's land. The sun's magnetic field is not a factor this far out. The light has been traveling for less than a day, and it has gone farther than any human-made spacecraft. But it would still need to travel another 10 to 28 days to reach the inner edge of the Oort cloud, and maybe another year and a half to reach the cloud's outer edge. The Oort cloud is astoundingly far away and astoundingly gigantic. 
It's important to note that no object has been definitively proven to originate from the Oort cloud. And thanks to the cloud's incredible distance from the Earth and its relatively sparse makeup, objects in the outer Oort cloud can be tens of millions of miles away from each other, it has never been directly observed. Still, it is widely accepted as fact and a true feature of the solar system. And that brings us back to comets. The Oort cloud is most likely the birthplace of long-period comets, comets that swing by the sun so infrequently that some are never seen again. The comet sliding spring made a close pass by Mars in 2014 and won't re-emerge from the depths of space for another flyby for about 740,000 years. And that's true of most long-period comets that come from the Oort cloud. Most are seen only once by humans, and some, thanks to their enormous orbits, made their appearance before our species even existed. So, if you do ever have the chance to witness a comet, take it. It's truly a spectacular event that, given the entire stretch of time, isn't seen by that many eyes. Carpe Comet. And there you have it, the dirty snowballs of the sky and their dirty snowball home. Lovely, right? Thank you for listening to Six Pack of Facts. As a little reminder, next week's episode will be, sadly, the last for a while. I hope Six Pack of Facts will return. I really do. But in the meantime, you can anxiously await my new creative project. I'm really excited about it, and I can't wait for you to hear more but it won't be for a while. So why not go back and listen to all of 52 episodes of Six Pack Effects? Huh? They're not going anywhere. But whether you do that or not, thank you for listening. My name is Alex, and as always, stay thirsty. Can't get enough of these refreshing facts? There are three easy ways you can help support the show. If you're listening through Apple Podcasts, leave a quick review. Then, make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss an episode. Then, share the show with a friend. The more, the factier. Stay thirsty.